0: And last time we, we looked at living for today, that was in chapter 6. We've been, for those of you that are uh, first time in a while, we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount. I started it in September. We are now at the end of January, and we have just crested chapter 7, which is where we are today. Interesting. Two people arguing, and the girl says this, You can't judge me. How many of you have ever heard that in your Christian walk when talking with somebody else? Quite a few. And you know who usually says that? You can't judge me? Somebody that is doing something contrary to Scripture. And as a pastor of 30 years, I've heard it. You can't judge me. And oftentimes, they refer to this verse right here. Judge not that you not be judged. Now, before we start the sermon, I want to kind of go uh, on an overview of chapter 5 and chapter 6. First of all, blessed are the merciful, right? You remember that? That was from the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. The word sons is the word for discipleship, which means a follower. Blessed are the peacemakers, they will be called followers of God. So in light of chapter 7, we need to let the context of the, uh, the whole sermon come into play. Anger against a brother, you're to go to your brother, you're not to let that uh, cause problems or issues in your spiritual walk. And love your enemies. Remember Jesus said that in 544, love your enemies, do good to them. That's, that's hard to do. I think this all fits within the context of judging or not judging. How about this in chapter 6? If you forgive others, your Father in heaven will also forgive you. So Jesus comes now to chapter 7. We say chapter 7 because men put chapters on him. But in the discourse now, Jesus comes to a very important moment in the Sermon on the Mount. There were a lot of Jewish leaders probably in the audience listening to everything that Jesus said. He uh, also caused some severe problems uh, theology-wise with the Pharisees. And so now he comes to a particularly, I think, critical moment in the Sermon on the Mount. So the question is, how are we to judge? And I think what Jesus is saying here, don't judge unfairly. And he begins with the warning. Now notice what he writes. Judge not that you not be judged. Kreno, the word kreno for judge means to pronounce condemnation on somebody. To pronounce guilt. To pronounce that they are liable to judgment. But we overlook the little word, may, which is a negation, judge not. May crino, judge not. In other words, be careful how you judge others. And it's easy, as we live our Christian lives, to want to judge others. Jesus is not telling us that we cannot judge. And we'll go on, we'll go through here and we will unpack it. Donald Hagner says in his commentary, May Crino, do not judge, should not be taken as a prohibition against all judging or discerning right from wrong. Since elsewhere in Matthew's records, the teaching of Jesus, indeed already in verse 6, which we'll get to, the making of such judgments by disciples is presupposed. The issue is not, uh, not that we're not supposed to judge. There are some things that are morally wrong, and there are things that are morally right. And in fact, you you really can't go too far, uh, particularly in the Gospel of Matthew. Look at this, Matthew 18, 15-17. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, well, that's a judgment call. If your brother did something against you, you are identifying a shortcoming in their life, at least in relation to you. And then he goes on to say, and tell him his... So that is a judgment call. By the way, this is a good way to restore broken relationships. Jesus is not saying that we cannot judge. There's a particular judgment that is taking place. What about Paul in the, in the book of Galatians? Brother, if any one of you is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourselves lest you also be tempted. If, if we were unable to judge, if we were unable to judge sin, then there would be no place in our lives where we could say this is definitely wrong. Are you, are you following? So there are things that we can call that are definitely wrong, Things that are definitely right. Paul says it. If anybody's caught, but I want you to notice the grace that is here. If anyone is caught in a transgression, that is you've identified it, even within the body of Christ, you've identified it. You who are spiritual, those of you that are following Christ, you should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Not this type of judgment. You are condemned. That is the wrong attitude. That is a wrong attitude, and we should avoid that. And the reason, I'll get into in just a minute, but here, listen to this, that you not be judged, Kreno. Here, it is a divine passive verb. Now, what does that mean to you? What that means to you and to me is that God is the one who will judge. So if we go into this and we judge people, And Jesus will identify what the judgment is later on in this little portion of Scripture. If we judge people like this, then God will hold us to the same standard by which we judge. I want to jump ahead so quick, but I I can't do it that if you make a judgment and a proclamation of guilt, God will judge you in the same way. Secondly, now he gives the reason. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. The word judgment here in this one is cremo. Cremo. And what that means is the process by which we view others. So you make a judgment. It is the process. Well, this is what I see going on in this individual. This is what I see happening here. This is what I see over here. It is the judgment process, and we all do it. We all do it. Every one of us do it. At some point in our lives, we have all done a process analysis of somebody's life. And it could be wrong, and it could be right. But we've all done it. For with the judgment, the process of evaluation, you pronounce. That's crino. That's the same word for judge, even though it's pronounced, which means to announce as guilty. So what Jesus is saying here, in the process of looking at somebody's life, looking at a particular situation, You have evaluated the situation and you have decided that the situation is wrong and you pronounce some type of guilt on it. We know as believers, there are things that are clear as day in the scripture. Abortion is wrong. It is always wrong. Uh, Taking a human life when your life is not endangered is wrong. We know that stealing is wrong. We are taught that uh, we teach our kids that. We know that is is it's uh out, sex outside of marriage is wrong. It is always wrong. The Bible says it's wrong. So we're not talking about these types of issues. Jesus makes it perfectly clear here in just a minute. Just hang on with me. But if you do that, the process by which you evaluate the situation and you determine that the situation is indeed against Scripture, then you have processed the information and you have made a decision as to the guilt. Here's the kicker. Notice what he says. You will be judged. Again, we're not talking here about big sins. and You'll have your aha moment in just a minute. You will be judged, and with the measure it will be measured to you. Metron. Metron is the uh, Greek word here for measure. That word can mean two things. It can mean a ruler by which uh, some type of standard. You know, you want to measure from here to there. I think it's about six feet. At least that's what it was when we marked off. From here to there is six feet. It is a form of measurement. So the stick... And particularly in the the Old Testament, the measuring rod was used. But there's also another word, uh, another meaning of this word that I think is more appropriate. And that is the word for volume. Now, you know, length times width times height equals the volume. And I think this is what this word means. Jesus is saying, I'm going to look at the whole picture. When I judge you the same way that you judge somebody else, I'm going to look at everything. And you know what everything is? Everything is in here. It's here. It's not what you do outwardly. As Jesus has told us already in the Sermon on the Mount, you can look godly, but inwardly be corrupt. And so when when he says here, <laughs> this, is, this is wonderful. For with the judgment, how you process how you pronounce things, it will also be measured unto you. There's a note of caution here. There's a note of caution that we shouldn't jump to immediate judgment on a situation that we know nothing about. However, somebody caught in adultery, these types of things, this is not what Jesus is talking about and he's getting ready to show us exactly what he's talking about. Stuart Webber, in his commentary, gives a good transition to this. Uh, and, and by the way, I go through 40 slides a week and then only the top 15 get in, but uh, this this was one of them. It is one thing to exercise judgment and quite another to have a judgmental attitude. One is an action that might be carried out with right or wrong motives. Let me give you an example. You got something against somebody. But you know they're doing something wrong. And you go, wow, this would be a great opportunity for me to expose them. That's the wrong motive for doing it. Might be carried out with right or wrong motives. The other is a negative character quality. I think he's right here. On one end, we're supposed to judge, but Jesus is reminding us to be careful about how you judge because you're going to be judged. On the other end, have you ever met somebody that is critical all the time? Anything that that you do, they are absolutely critical, no matter what it is. You say up, they say down. You say back, they say forward. Uh, Whatever it is, they just have a critical attitude, a critical spirit. and I, I looking at what's getting ready to follow we need to be careful that we don't become critical that we don't become the judge of somebody else's life that may have a different theological understanding or view of us and the world as long as it's not a blatant sin we're, we're, we're not to be throwing the flag and saying that's a that's a penalty. We we've got to be careful with that. <clears throat> so now, having said that, when somebody says you can't judge me, well, you, in a sense, you already have. You've already said something to them, just like the little illustration that I used. The the girl responded, "You can't judge me," in my understanding of life, Christian. When somebody says that, they're doing something that shouldn't be done. And they're trying to justify it with what I just read to you. Now, what does Jesus tell us? Uh, Hyperbole, Jesus uses a lot, but judge yourself first. And he talks about hyperbole. (laughs) Listen. Why do you see the speck in your brother's eye but do not notice the log that is in your own eye. Let me ask you a question. What did Jesus' father do for a living? He was a carpenter. He would have known splinter and dust uh, because the word caros is the word for uh, most scholars, and I would agree with this, is, is a splinter. But it also refers to sawdust. You know how small sawdust is? Even a splinter, just a splinter of wood, if you're, you're using a plane or whatever it is, saw, which they were invented 5,000 B.C., uh, a half-moon shape with saw. So they, they would have known that. Uh, and and, and by, by the way, this is what it would have looked like in, in Jesus' day. But when you think about it, sawdust is really small. This is a telltale sign of what Jesus is talking about. If you don't like somebody, you'll find anything that you can on them. And this is small stuff. Well, I don't like the way you sing. I don't like the way you do this. That's the kind of judgment Jesus is talking about. Not that you can't judge somebody who is having an extramarital affair, you can't judge that, you can't judge me. No, that's not what Jesus is talking about because he qualifies it here. The issue is small things. It's not the big things. Jesus would never say, it's okay to do that. Or it's okay to do this big sin because the Bible, the weight of the Bible is against it. The issue here for us today is to nitpick. It is to find small f- flaws in somebody else. It is to make a mountain out of a tiny little thing. And that's what we got to be careful of. That's when God says, uh, the way that you measure in this area, guess what? It's coming back to you. And by the way, there is a day when we will stand before Christ. I want us all to realize that. There is a day when we will stand before Christ And this will come back to us. Now, we're not, Jesus got rid of our sin, but what we've done with him will be important. By the way, if you're not saved this morning, those of you that are watching by Facebook or however you're watching us on stream, um, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do that today. Why do you see the speck, the sawdust, the teeny tiny splinter in your brother's eye And do not notice the dokos in your own eye. And to put it another way, Jesus asked another one, another question. Or how can you say to your brother, let me get the speck out of your eye and are oblivious to your own sin? When I lived in Ohio, we had uh, had two neighbors. Uh I won't use their name, but there was neighbor one and neighbor two. And I would hang out with neighbor two a lot. And one day he's looking out over neighbor one's yard. And he goes, isn't that horrific? Look at all the trash they got in their yard. And I look at him and I'm looking at his yard, and it didn't look any better than the guy's yard number one. I didn't say anything. I just went, well, you know, hopefully he'll clean it up. But he was pointing at his neighbor's yard, and his own yard was all messed up. His was no better than the neighbor. And yet, he was pointing it out. Donald Hagner is right. What is a tiny flaw in another is seen clearly by a critical person. This is somebody that is critical. They, they're constantly finding things wrong. While ironically, it is an outrageously huge failure and the latter is conveniently overlooked. In other words, we can pick out a spot from somebody else and realize that there's huge things going on in our lives. And he's right. It is a self-righteous, critical person who is particularly eager to correct the minor faults in somebody else. Again, don't walk away from here saying that Pastor Mike says we can't judge. You can judge the big things. Those things are clear. Uh, matter of fact, you can, you can go through the Bible and you can see things that are right and wrong clear as day. And those, some those, those things that God has given us are for a reason that we live godly lives. But what we have to avoid in our own personal life is nitpicking people and constantly nitpicking people. Okay? You can do that. But it comes with a warning. When you do that to others, God will do that to you. Is that is that what we want? So, let grace reign. Don't, don't be quick to look at something minor and go, wow, look at that. But you've got this big, humongous <clears throat> log. And by the way, Dokos is, and Jesus, this was really funny, by, by the way. Jesus, it is a beam of wood. It is a beam of wood. So we're worried more about the speck in the brother or sister's eye than we are about the obvious log in our own eye. That makes us, that makes us kind of pull the reins back a bit. To kind of pump the brakes a little bit. To say, wait a minute, is this in my process of judging? Am I making too much out of this thing in this brother's life or sister's life? Some people don't like um they don't like hymns. They're all into that new uh that's is to me as long as it's theology is good, I love praise and worship songs. I, I, I love contemporary Christian music. Um and then there's there's some that say those hymns are old. They're written by old people. Yes they are. And some of them are the, some of the best hymns you'll ever hear. A fortress is our God. Oh, wow. What a great song. You can't get excited about that. But that's not what we're talking about. That's, that's a preference. I want you to understand that is a preference. That is not something to say that is sinful. You know, when the organ initially came into the church, which we, most, see them in bigger churches, some bigger churches, older, you, you see the organ, do you know the organ was fought against to come into the church? Do you know why? It was in the bars. And when they brought it into the church, they had a big uproar. And now, decades later, oh, we love the sound of the organ. Really. You don't think God can... can there? There's no sin in an organ. There's no sin in an organ. There's no sin in that piano. And yet people got in a uproar over organs being put in the church. And, of course, it took years for it to, now we, you know, love the organ. Listen, rich sound. Well, it didn't have such a good start when it first came in. And that is nitpicking. You don't like contemporary music? That's okay. We play hymns every Sunday. You don't like hymns? That's okay. We have worship songs here every Sunday. Those are not. Those are. Those are minor issues, unless it's Lady Gaga or something like that. Then you've got a big issue with that. But the issue here is: don't look at small things and make them big. That's the issue, and that's what Jesus says. Or how can you say to your brother, "Let me take the speck"? Levi, come here. Let me take the speck out of your eye. No, I'm just kidding. Take take the speck out of your eye and you got this big log. This big beam. And Jesus now drills down hypocrite. Listen to this. We've seen this word before. Hupokrites. Hupokrites. And it means one. This is interesting. This, this. I went back and double, double checked it. One who pretends to be other than he really is. So in other words, you pick, you pick, you pick, you pick, you find fault, you find fault, you find fault. That in itself is a negative character trait. And that can be a big problem in your life. And it is somebody that is so quick. I remember a, a lady in my church, I, my first church, it, my first church, She would go out the door. She was an older lady. And she was nice. But she would do this when she walked by me. She wouldn't look at me. And one day I went over to visit her. And I walked in and she's doing this. And I said, I'm sorry. I I don't know why you're you're not looking at me. She said, You've got a you've got a mustache. I can't look at anybody with a mustache. That was a small thing. I don't even know where she got it from. She never she never gave me a good explanation of why she can't do that. So every Sunday, I, I didn't go home and take my mustache off. I didn't grow this till much later, but uh, i just let her walk by and I'd say, good morning. She'd say, good morning, she'd shuffle out the door and not even look at me. And I could see her out there, we had probably 150 or so, sitting out there and she'd be like this the whole sermon. should not look at me. I'm thinking if you can't look at somebody, you probably shouldn't be listening to them either. But that was a small thing. It was big in her eyes, a small thing. we got to be careful that when we point stuff out in other people's lives, that we need to make sure that our own lives are as clean. You see that? That's what Jesus is warning. A hypocrite is somebody that pretends to be something that they really are not. And I've met a lot of legalists in my life. A lot of legalists. And by legalist, I mean somebody that is looking for a demon under every rock. Everything that you say is suspect, We, we, we can't do that, guys. We, we cannot live our Christian lives like that. One who pretends, and he goes on and he says, You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. I think what Jesus is saying here, and by the way, let me give you a little picture. There it is. That's it. Pointing, You sinner! As he's got this big, I think what Jesus is saying is if you take care of the log in your own eye, I don't know if you're going to go after the speck in the brothers because you've been too humbled. You're not going to, you're just not going to do that. So, this is, you see the little speck here. Little bitty speck. And this guy's pointing at him. And there's this beam coming out of his face. That's what, that's humorous. Let me say this in, in closing. First of all, worry about your own self first. Worry about your own self first. You know, and we just talked about worry, you're not supposed to worry, so maybe I shouldn't use that word. But think about your own self first. You know, before I say something in a way of a judgment, do I have things going on in my life that I need to get rid of first? That will, that will cause us to pump the brakes a little bit, pull back the reins, and slow things down and say, wait a minute, you know, I need to get rid of this in my own life first before I go picking on somebody else. We live in a grace-filled community. This is what this is. We should be about grace, giving grace. Worry about your own backyard first before you look across the street at your neighbors. Do not be quick to judge minor things. Major things, yes. Major things, yes. Let's learn as believers and also, by the, by the way here, um, this is just an observation. It's not in Scripture. It just seems to me that people who are judgmental, that are critical, that are picky, they're just not happy. They're just not happy with their lives. And so, take care of your own yard first. Don't be quick to judge minor things. And let's give grace to one another. You want to do that? Let's do that this week.